jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three. Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown. If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered. pass here. He'll get one. And he stays alive, and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat. He'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse. And for Syracuse, party time. The upset pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration. Step back. A pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg, powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you like to check in. And phone lines open uh, the entire first hour. We want to hear from you. SU football back from the bye week. Dino Babers addressed the media a short time ago. We'll get to that as the show moves along. And, of course, uh, big news from last night. Joe Girard did indeed pick the orange over Duke, Notre Dame, Michigan, B.C., Penn State. He'll be suiting up for Syracuse next fall, so we'll get into that as well. We can talk some NFL. Uh, the Bills with a heartbreaking loss uh, yesterday. Looked like they might find a way to get to 3-3, three and three, and then Nate Peterman, on in relief of Josh Allen, turned into Nate Peterman, through a pick six, and uh, the hopes for the upset were dashed just we like get, that. Can we get the pressing question out of the way? What has Nate Peterman shown anybody to warrant him being on an NFL roster anymore? I don't even mean like being the number two. I just mean being on an NFL roster. I don't think he's going to be on the Bills roster much longer. He shouldn't be. When Derek Anderson gets up to speed with the playbook, Derek yeah. Anderson will be the backup. And depending on Josh Allen's injury, Derek Anderson may be the starter for Is the it, next couple of weeks. <laughs> he might be. Is it safe to say that they made the wrong choice in trading away A.J. McCarron? Like, I feel like when you're looking at the Bills, and this is why they brought in, this is ultimately why they brought in Derek Anderson, right? Because they needed some kind of veteran stabilizing presence behind Josh Allen. And A.J. McCarron was kind of sort of that. He hadn't started, he hadn't done much of anything in the league, but at least he had, you know, been around for like four or five years. And then you traded him away, and you end up signing Anderson, and you've got Peterman, who's nothing. It feels like they made a mistake there. It's hard for me to say that the Bills made a mistake because it wasn't close coming out of training camp. It, it wasn't close. No, Peterman clearly won the job. AJ McCarron clearly was third of those three, and you yes, weren't going to you weren't going to keep three quarterbacks. Um, the idea was have Peterman be the starter, and then when Josh Allen is ready, Josh Allen will be the starter. You didn't need three guys. It was going to be either AJ McCarron or Nate Peterman on the roster. Peterman clearly won the job. McCarron was a disappointment. That was why they brought McCarron in. I think they wanted McCarron to win the job and have it be McCarron's your starter. Allen is, you know, your backup. And when Allen is ready, you know, he'll go in and, and he'll be the quarterback of the future, ideally in year two. And it didn't even they didn't even get to game two. No. Peterman was that bad, they well, had to and, put him in. And the problem was McCarron was bad and then got hurt. Right. So on top of being bad, he just wasn't there. But he didn't lose out on the job because of the injury. He was beaten out. by yes. Peterman was fantastic during the preseason. He was. Um, so it's hard for me to say they made a mistake because, I mean, the preseason is not like one game. I mean, it was four games plus practices. Plus, I mean, they, they took everything into account, and Peterman was clearly the better quarterback at that time. 
Now, I for just whatever think it's reason, funny, he's thrown ten interceptions and eighty passes. Sundays are too big for him for whatever reason. For whatever reason, game day is a problem. He, he looks great in practice, even in the preseason. Preseason games, he looked fine. The stage, for whatever reason, seems to be too big for him in the NFL. Twelve and a half percent of his passes have been caught by the other team. That is not good. Twelve and a half percent. That's insane. So when Derek Anderson's ready, I think uh, Nate Peterman's looking for a new job. Yes. And I don't think there's any way you can have him take another snap in Bill's uniform. No um, chance. No. So, well, I mean, the only chance is if Derek Anderson's not ready and Josh Allen can't play. Then oh, I mean, you're, you, you really should you, You're kind of stuck with him. Um, yeah. My hope is that Anderson and they is now... the Wildcat all game? Yeah, right. Have LaShawn McCoy <laughs> take the snaps? LaShawn McCoy, Kelvin Benjamin. Don't they have Logan Thomas they somewhere? They do, that's true. Logan Thomas can figure this out. Um, my hope is that Derek Anderson will be ready if needed, if Josh Allen can't play, and we don't have an update on the injury. Uh, but in any event, a tough loss for the Bills. I thought they were going to find a way to get to 3-3. Three and three. They've got the Colts next week, um, and then, you know, I really that, did that think they the were going to win yesterday. I really did. The way the defense played, the defense has been great. They allowed 10 points in the final two minutes. I, I thought they were going to pull that one out. You're not going to win too many games scoring 13 points. Now, they did against the Texans. Um... They needed to make one Against more the play. Or the, I'm sorry, the, the Titans. They played the Texans. The t- look, the Titans and Texans are basically the same team, aren't they? <laughs> I meant the They're Titans. They're basically the same Had team. Texans on my mind. Um, but yes, they, they did it against the Titans. They put themselves in position against the Texans, scoring 13 points, and then the pick six uh, ended it. But we can get to our our NFL thoughts later. I know you and I uh, both have some thoughts about that Chiefs-Patriots uh, game last night. Fantastic game, by the way. I wasn't planning on watching the whole thing. I kind of wanted to go to bed, um, but I couldn't go to bed. It was a fantastic game. Uh, we have to start, though, Seth, with with Joe Girard. We've been talking about this kid, it, it seems like, for a couple of years now, um, and, and he's only a senior in high school. He's still got one more year to play at Glens Falls. We both had the feeling he was going to pick Syracuse. We felt like for a lot of reasons this was the right fit, but you never know what a 17-year-old kid is going to decide. And there's playing time to be had right away if he went to BC or Penn State. Um, And not to say there's not playing time to be had right away here. It's just not going to be quite as easy for him to get playing time right away. But at the end of the day, last night, uh, in front of, uh, what, about... 2,000 people uh, in that place uh, is packed. just outside of Albany. He uh, he picked Syracuse, and he's he's coming here. Yeah, and, and you know what? You say playing time right away at Penn State and Boston College, but also the chance to be you know the best player in how long or the player that brings your program back or, or whatever it might be at a Penn State or a Boston College. That obviously is not on the table here. You know, this program's already at a pretty high level. They bring in good players year after year. I think this is a big get, though, for Syracuse. You're, you're talking about a kid who is in-state. You're talking about a kid who, you know, is here from this area, right? I, I know down the road a little bit, a couple hours. But this general area, he's in your backyard. And you kept him home. He's, he's a kid who you know can score. And you've watched him for three years do it in, in this state, in this, you know, region. And you go out and you keep him home. I think that's a really big deal. And, you know, we don't know what the interest level was from Duke or Notre Dame or Michigan necessarily. But you went out and you beat Duke and Notre Dame and Michigan and, and you picked up your own recruit. Like, I think that's a really big deal for this program to be able to say, hey, we kept a kid home who we wanted to keep home. And I know that it's easy to make that comparison to Jerry McNamara and say he's the next GMAC. And, and we got to. That's the uh, last thing I want to well, do. Right. Everybody's got to slow their roll with that. But. Just like with GMAC, and it's hard not to make those comparisons. 
well-spoken kid. I, I know that you saw the interviews last night. We saw the interviews at, at Channel 9. Our affiliate in, in Albany sent us um, some sound from, from afterwards. The kid is very well-spoken, poised. Just Again, he's a 17-year-old kid. you got to remind yourself of that. Um, but I was impressed. Just a, a well-spoken kid. You know, th- So that, that's one comparison with Jerry. Obviously, the way he shoots the ball. Um, obviously, the fact that he's you know a couple hours from Syracuse's parents, I'm sure, are going to be at all the games, just like you know Jerry's family came up from Scranton and he had a big following. You know, he's going to have a big following from Glens Falls. It's hard not to draw the comparisons. This is a big get. You're right for a lot of reasons, and all those concerns from a couple of years ago when people said, "Oh, Syracuse can't recruit anymore," and and day in and day out we said it. You know. They're going to be fine. Like, trust in the coaching staff, they're going to be fine. You point to something like this and say, see, they're just fine. And that recruiting class they're putting together with Goodine and a Jack and, and now Gerard, they're going to be just fine. I wanted to get to that too, but just a moment. Let's not do the Jerry thing. Okay. I want to try really hard not to do the Jerry McNamara comparison. I want to try really hard because I, I, I will maintain I think this is what did in Trevor Cooney. Right? I, I don't think that's an unfair statement. Trevor Cooney had a very oh. nice four-year career, but everybody hates yes, him because he, he wasn't did. Jerry. Don't say but did in. I mean, Trevor Cooney, look at his, he had a, look no, at his career. But everybody hates him because he wasn't no, Jerry McNamara. That's not, not true. Like, I don't wanna, but I don't want to compare somebody uh, as a 17-year-old kid to somebody who should have his, numbers, his number hanging in the rafters, I guess is my larger point. Let's just kind of wait on that. Let's slow our roll with Pat Mahomes. I mean, and, and, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you, it's it's easy anytime somebody has success and you're like, wow, he's the next dot, dot, dot. You're right. Let, it, he's, he's not Jerry McNamara yet. Like, right. let him come here. and Exactly. But Let him do it for four years and then we'll see if he's Jerry I, McNamara. I hate what you said, though, about Trevor. You did him in. Like, Trevor Cooney had a great career. I know. Here. He did. And every time we mentioned his name his senior year, the phones light, lit up because yeah. you either hated him or you were like, no, Jerry, Trevor Cooney's actually kind of good. Like, but but there were people who hated him because they thought he didn't live up to expectations. And I would hate for that to happen with another kid who's coming in. Joe Girard could be a very good basketball player for this program. Is a very big recruit. But, like, let's not maybe compare him to one of the great players that you've had in your program. We've seen it a lot with local kids who stay home. Like, kids who are actually from Syracuse stay home. You know, Andy Routens, Daywan Coleman, I mean, they, you know, Brandon Trish. They'll tell you it's it's not it's not easy. No, it's not easy when you're under the microscope like that. So it I can't I, be. I understand your point. Um, he's not Jerry McNamara yet, but this is a big get for this program. It certainly is. And and I wanted to get back to that point that you made because remember, oh, what was it, fourteen, fifteen months ago? And Cole Swider had just picked Villanova, and everybody's losing their minds, and everybody's freaking out because it was Quad A Green, it was Jordan Tucker, it was Cole Swider, it was three recruits in four months who had decided not to come to Syracuse, and wow, Syracuse can't recruit anymore because they lost Mike Hopkins, and Jerry McNamara can't close the deal, and and on and on and on and on. We just had to take a breath. Like we just had to take a breath since then, and I know he's not actually coming here. They ended up getting a top ten recruit in the country to commit their way. Yes, he's not actually going to you know show up, but they got a top ten recruit to commit their way. I think the class they're putting together for 2019 is looking really good, and they've got a top five kid who just visited this weekend who played with Joe Girard, who very well could be on his way as well. So I I think that when you look at what they're what they're doing, did they have a bad cycle? Did they have a rough couple of months? Sure, but Quade Green was so bad he couldn't see the, you know, he he, he almost transferred out of Kentucky. Jordan Tucker tra- did transfer out of Duke, and Cole Swider didn't see the floor at Villanova. So, like, 
when we get caught up in 17-year-olds making their decision, and, and you can't trust a 17-year-old as far as you can throw them, let's, let's take a step back for a second. Because it, I don't think the sky was falling 15 months ago. No. And I, and I think that now that we have kind of a little bit of hindsight, everything's fine. Everything's totally all right with this program as far as the recruiting efforts go. 315-437-7644. Let's go to the phone lines. Pat in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Pat. Yeah, definitely a, a good fit. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant just to see next year specifically. because um, from it, It's funny that you bring up Cole Swider because Bryson Godine got player of the year in that state over Cole Swider. And everybody thought Cole Swider was the best player since uh, – Jimmy Chipwood um, out, of, out of the Hoosiers movie. I mean, everybody thought he, he was he was going to be the best shooter of all time. And you know what? Let's just pump, pump the brakes. Um, but I think next year it's going to be very interesting depth that, that we have. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully uh, Kerry only misses, uh, you know, maybe a week or two get, getting back from, from that rolled ankle. That was a definite damper to uh, Midnight Madness. Everybody was kind of just relaxed and enjoying themselves. And then the place went dead silent. I don't know if, if either of you were there, but I, I'm sure you heard the account of that. But I'm excited about Gerard. Um, you know, I, I've talked to different people that, that say, oh, I saw a play, and, you know, they act like he's playing against eighth graders. Uh, look, we understand the competition in Glens Falls is not the best in the state. But last time I checked, you can go to any state, and you're going to have that level of competition and, and that variance thereof, and they're not putting up 50 points a game. So, obviously, he's an elite shooter. And he's got the right um, he's got the right work ethic, and, and, and I, that's the key. Um, you know, just to top off the thing about Cooney really quick, Cooney was the, one of the hardest workers um, of, of any player. I, I think some of the rap on him was, unfortunately, you know, out of most of the big shots that, that he had, go back to the Pitt tournament game, you know, he, he, he just missed the shot. And, and, that, and that's what leaves a bitter taste. Trevor redeemed himself by the Final Four run. He was a key player in, in, in the Gonzaga game, and I can go on and on and on. So Trevor Cooney has a great legacy, and we'll be fortunate if uh, Joe Girard has the same. And the biggest thing, too, like, like you said, Seth, is if Stewart can come, I mean, that has been a roller coaster ride. I, I, I talked with uh, Mike McAllister about it. I'd love to get him on your show and, and see his thoughts. But from, from what I'm gathering, just, just from people – that follow the whole recruiting thing more, uh, closer than we do, um, it's been an up-and-down roller coaster, and we're right in the mix for him. So that's super exciting, and uh, thanks for taking my call, and lo- looking forward to a great basketball season, guys. Appreciate checking in, Pat. And, and yeah, the, the competition may not be um, you know what you, you want it to be uh, in, in the Glens Falls area, but he, he's made, obviously, deep runs into the state tournament, so he's done it in big games. And, oh, by the way, he's done it at the AAU level as well. Right. And, you know, Isaiah Stewart, one of his AAU teammates, uh, he's done it during the summer. He's the, the kid is a scorer. He's a bona fide scorer. And when you score 50 points in a game, and I, this is what Pat was alluding to, I mean, 50 points is 50 points. I joke about this all the time. I was going to say that. I, I, I joke about this all the time that, you know, if you if you make, you know, the three-point line is the three-point line, whether you're playing um, – you know St. Francis or Duke, and th- the kid can shoot the heck out of the basketball. He's aver- he averaged fifty points per game. Yes. So that was going to be that was going to be my point. I don't I don't care what high school league you're playing in. You're scoring fifty points a game, triple team. That's, in, games. that's incredible. I, again, I don't care what high school league you are playing in. That's unbelievable. 
So, yeah, I think he's a legit scorer. And and you know what? Yeah, he did play on the same AAU team or does play on the same AAU team as Isaiah Stewart. I think that's a big deal. I, I think that it's a big deal to have their teammates. Did you see last night Stewart's tweeting at Gerard? Gerard sure. tweeting back at him saying, hey, hey, bud, like you're next, right? You're coming to the R. You're, you're coming to SU also. I think that's a really big deal. And, and I think Gerard's going to be a good player. And if he helps you land a top five recruit in the country, you like him all the more. I think this is a big get as well. And I, I don't know about the playing time immediately. He did say, you know, he wasn't promised anything by the SU coaches. He wants to come here and work hard, but you're going to have Jalen Carey. Uh, you're going to have Bryson Goodine. Uh, you know, Howard Washington presumably will will still be here as well. Uh, you obviously lose Tyus. Elijah, Elijah Hughes. Beha made it clear, though, last he's week forward. he's a forward. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you've got talent in the program. I just I don't know if he's going to come here and start right away, which if he went to BC or Penn State, he, he would have been able to do that. Um, I don't know if that necessarily happens here, but I liked his response last night. He said, nothing was promised to me. Nothing was guaranteed to me. I want to come in here. I want to work hard. I want to earn everything I get. Uh, the kid was very impressive, very poised. We are going to take our first time out when we come back we'll we'll hear some of the thoughts from joe gerard from last night you're listening to orange nation on espn radio we're back after this live from armory square this is orange nation with Stephen fonte and seth goldberg Stephen Seth, back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. So Joe Girard announced uh, to a, a packed house last night at the Queensbury Hotel that he will be attending Syracuse, picking the orange over the likes of Duke, Notre Dame, Michigan, BC, and Penn State. Uh, let's hear from Joe Girard. Some of the comments he made uh, from last night. Uh, here's Girard on uh, what it came down to, what his decision came down to. What it came down to was being most comfortable with Coach Beheim, uh, Coach Jerry, McNamara, and the rest of the staff, and just the players. Uh, you know, I got a few, few friends on the team. Uh, you know, Coach Beheim and Coach G-Mac have been on me for a while now, so you know, I felt most comfortable with them, and uh, couldn't be happier to wear orange. Comfort level. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty easy thing for it to come down to, right? That sounds like any other seventeen year old making their college decision. By the way, right? I, I mean, I made my come, I made my college decision because I I came up to Syracuse. I really liked it here. I felt comfortable on campus. I was like, oh, that that radio station seems like a good place to be. And I made my decision. He comes to Syracuse. He says, ah, I kind of like it here. These coaches seem nice. Let's you know, they seem like good people. Let's go. Got to be comfortable with wherever you're going. Let's exactly. get another one in uh, on the fact that this uh, this was not an easy decision for him to make. I mean, it, it's the hardest decision of my life. There's really no other way to put it. Uh, you know, coming down to it, uh, you know, it came down to every single school in the last second. Uh, but I guess what put it over, like I said, is just being comfortable. Uh, you want to be somewhere where you can thrive and be somewhere where you can see yourself if you're not playing basketball. And I felt like that the best place for that was Syracuse. I thought that was an interesting comment that he made, that, that this wasn't totally about basketball. Yes, he obviously wants to come here to play basketball, but he wanted to go somewhere he could see himself, and it, it wasn't just about basketball. He wanted to in, you know, like the school and the atmosphere and where he was going to be. And as we talked about last week, Seth, it, it felt like Syracuse checked all the boxes for him. Proximity to home, a chance to play in the ACC at a high level, a chance to compete for championships, and... I, I think if he comes here, where you you know you run the risk if you go to Duke of being recruited over. I, I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, you know they they seem to like him a lot. Obviously, you know Jerry put in a lot of time with Joe Girard. You know Jim Beheim and the the staff they were fully behind. You know trying to get him, and I think he has an opportunity to come here once he gets on the floor. 
you know, he, he could play a lot for maybe four years, but definitely three years. This kid's going to be playing a lot. Yeah, I mean, he he is. He's going to get a lot of minutes. He I think you know that coming to Syracuse. If you crack the rotation, if you get into the, the good side of the, the Jim Beheim rotation, you're going to get a lot of minutes. And and I think that every recruit probably knows that, right? I mean, watch watch Syracuse basketball and, and tell me that they're going to play more than seven people. I, I won't believe you. And you could say that at the beginning of every year. Oh, we, we've got ten that we feel like we can play again. I'm never going to believe that statement. And I think that any recruit has to know that too. So I think that any recruit who's watching has to know, hey, I've got, you know, if there's seven, eight guys, I can really get a lot of minutes. As long as I crack that seven or eight, I can feel good about where I'm going. So I think that when you're you're looking at playing time, he might not play right away, like you said, at Penn State or Boston College, but there are going to be minutes there for him. And you could always use a kid who could fill it up. I mean, that was their biggest weakness last year, right? Was they didn't have a consistent three point shooter. I mean, that in depth. But you know, depth isn't really a weakness. There was but nothing they, they, they could really. Nothing but they really didn't have could. a really good three point shooter. And I they, mean, and that was a really big at deal. times was great. At Battle times, at times at was times. great. Howard could hit the three, but they didn't have that. You know, that knockdown shooter. No. That you hope you know Buddy Beheim is this year. You hope Joe Girard will be in the future. There, there's always a need for a guy who can. Hit the three uh, at the major Division One college level, and it you know this this kid can flat out shoot the basketball. Yes, and and you know watching basketball that the three point shot is a more and more and more and more important part of just playing basketball. So getting Joe Girard and and having the ability of you know potentially pairing him with Buddy Bayheim and having two dead eye sharpshooters out on the floor at the same time that's a huge bonus if you're Syracuse. Now other teams might have the same thing. Other teams might have two shooters that are just as good, but you don't want to be that team that doesn't. You don't want to be that team that falls behind, and I think that this is a big move in that regard. All right, let's get one more in uh, from Joe Girard on the appeal of committing to Syracuse. There's nothing like playing in the dome in front of 30K. There's nothing like being able to have your family and friends there every single game. Uh, there's nothing like front of the orange on. Uh, you know, they've had a tradition of winning. They've had a great tradition of getting scoring lead guards. And, uh, you know, I could be the next one in there to come in there. You know, they got really, really good players out there right now. Kyle's bat, Ty's Battle, Jalen Carey, Buddy Beheim's in there now. Uh, you know, they're going to have a really good team this year. And uh, they, they want me to be a part of it. He said that he didn't make the final, final decision until a couple of days ago. That going into the week, even when his dad set up this press conference, he didn't know for sure what he was going to decide. And he said his dad was kind of like, all right, we, we got to put an end date to this. Like, this is lingering. It's going on and on. Nothing's going to change. You visited the schools. You know what everybody offers. And it was almost like his dad put the deadline on and said, okay, listen, you're doing listen Joe the third. <laughs> like, you're, you're doing it Saturday or Sunday at 7 o'clock. Figure it out. Make and, your decision. And Find he, something. And he right. did make his decision. I, I thought that was very interesting. That you know, and the other thing that I found interesting, he didn't tell the coaches beforehand. Normally, you would inform the coach, you know, before you announce. But he kept it close to the vest. Jim Beheim, Jerry McNamara, everybody else found out that he picked Syracuse when the rest of us found out he picked Syracuse during that uh, announcement last night. I thought that was I interesting. Did, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny that that he didn't tell the coaches, and and maybe it was that he didn't know. Right? Maybe it was that he did not know until half an hour before that press conference when he was like, well, like. He said he decided the like, night before. He okay. said he decided for sure okay, on Saturday. But, but okay, you, you, you want to leave it open to maybe changing until you've got to put the t shirt on to go to the press conference. And so maybe that's what happened. Maybe he was just like, you know what? I, I think I made up my mind, but you never really know. So let's just kind of wait off. But wouldn't you think that coaches. I, I have to imagine coaches don't like that. 
I have to imagine Jim Beheim and Jerry McNamara don't love that they were well, kind of left in the dark. I think they like it. They like it because he picked Syracuse. So well, I think, think they're, right, they're fine I, with it. I guess that's the better way of saying it. Mike Bray can't be as happy. No. I was going to say the Penn State coach's name, but quite honestly, I have no idea who the Penn State basketball coach is. Yeah, I think the SU coaches are fine with it. He, he picks Syracuse. Picks and, Syracuse. I, and I think, you know, I think everybody had a pretty good indication that he was coming. Everybody that was that was in the know, but you never know for sure. Again, it's a 17-year-old kid. You don't know for sure what sure. he's going to do or who he's going to pick uh, until until it actually happens. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, normally, I think, the, the kid would... Tell the coach ahead of time, hey, coach, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick Syracuse. Glad to come here. And then announce it to everybody. He wanted to keep it close to the vest and, and have everybody you, have the suspense build. Do you think it's a bigger deal to tell the coach that of the school that you are going to or tell the coaches of the schools you're not going to? Yeah, I, you know, that's that's tough. That's always a tough thing because you invest a lot of time and energy into recruiting like, these kids. You build relationships. Um, my guess is... He probably did that afterwards and said, you know, listen, thanks for all, you know, whoever recruited him at the various schools. My, that would be the classy thing to do. He seems like a classy kid. My guess is that he was in contact with those other schools. Um, yeah, I mean, his dad knows G- John Beeline very well. I mean, his dad played at LeMoyne. So right. my guess is that there was an exchange with the other coaches. I mean, you know, how do you say no to Coach K? I'm sure that was difficult, but he did. You know, he, he turned down John Beeline, who, you know, obviously his dad respects quite a bit and he respects quite a bit. My guess is that he reached out to those guys. Because um, I, I go back to the LeBron thing, right? When he did the decision and, and everybody in Cleveland was like, well, you couldn't have told us first? Yeah. And, and that uh, was bad for him. That was right. But he's a professional. It is. No, and I'm not comparing the two things, but I just I whenever I go back to like the you didn't tell people before you announced your decision, I always think back to that, which was well, they got really annoyed cuz you didn't tell them you weren't going to be there before you announced it. So I'm curious if if this is a situation, do, who who do you have to tell first? I don't think there's a rule. It's I not think a, it's there's just, not a right and wrong. I think it's just nice to, you know, Thank whoever recruited you, even though you turned them down. Hey, you know, listen, I, I appreciate all the time and effort you put into this. Uh, the Syracuse is just a better fit for me, whatever the case may be. I did have a personally, I had a bad experience with this once, uh, job related. I had two potential offers at the same time. I picked one over the other and I called the other employer to inform them of my decision and they were not happy. So, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, I was just open and honest and said why I thought the other job was a good fit and, uh, and they weren't happy, but I tried to do the right thing. So you can't control other people's reactions. You can uh, only stuff control, happens. You can only control what you know your, yourself and what you stuff do. Stuff happens. So try to do the right thing. In any event, uh, we do need to take another time out. Phone lines remain open at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We do have Floyd Little set to join us at the top of hour number two. Back after this on ESPN Radio.